0: I ain't going to have much good to say about him. I can tell you this: he doesn't care two bits about the people that live on Staten Island and Brooklyn.
1: He 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 has a podcast that he has to create content for that he talks about. You know, he needs drama to you know feed his
0: podcast, right?
2: He's a fraud. He's a fraud.
0: He's becoming a jackass at a time when we need to have a serious debate about the future of the party and the country.
3: And welcome to the Alexis Pereira program. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira. And with me as always, uh, let's see, the... Grimes to my Elon Musk, uh, Alex Estrada. <laughs> Alex, how are you, buddy? That's good. That's
2: good. Let's make a baby together. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. <laughs> like breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm well. I'm well. I I watched the show last week. You guys did a good job without me. So thank
3: you so much. Well, yeah. I, you know, are you allowed to talk about legally what why you couldn't make it, or do you just want to keep <laughs> it? You, you, like,
2: you know, uh, you know what can I say? Our lawyers uh, had to get together. There were some discussions throughout the week, but we signed the documents, uh, and I'm on for another seven seasons somehow. So God we worked it out. You know,
3: hey, you know, what happens between you and me and a dark room and a closed door
2: and a camera? <laughs> <laughs> and a, and a uh, yeah, a sack full of uh, doorknobs. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> get the job done.
3: Uh, I had an eventful uh, weekend. I, it's, You know, it's Mother's Day today. Uh, happy yeah, mother's, be mother's Day. To all the, the mothers out there. And uh, I... Uh, I did a little family uh, party last night uh, with, uh, you know, some some vaccinated family members. Okay, uh, good, good. Glad you qualified it.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
3: and uh, I played a little Sapo. You know, you familiar with Sapo? I'm not, I'm not. For the folks at home, uh, what is Sapo? Okay, so Sapo is a, a popular South American game where you have a cabinet with, with holes on it, right? And you throw these rings from about 10 yards away or 10 yards maybe, something like 10 feet probably. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> 10 thirty feet, feet 10, 10 yards.
2: feet, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and but you try to get the rings to land in the holes and the holes are, each, each hole has a score. And there's also a frog with a mouth, and if you get the ring in the frog's mouth, that's like seven thousand points. But then the other holes are like they they range from like a hundred to, to twelve hundred points, and you play up to thirty thousand. So wow,
2: is this like a provincial like Colombian thing, like you know something that uh, your ancestors played back in the nineteen
3: seventies? Or I, <laughs> wow, that, well, <laughs> I believe that this this must be this game must go way back to mm. the 1800s even, or even further back. But I don't know many people who know of it whenever I bring it up, but I feel like it must be a Western South American thing, Northwestern, like Colombia, <laughs> Peru, or, or whatever. A little Sapo. So okay. Check it out. Check out Sapo, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Is, that's it. That was that was my weekend. Uh, did, did you do anything special? Or anything like uh, not, nothing crazy. Like I said, my wife has
2: been out of town. She's down old Mexican way, uh, getting in touch with my roots, as I like to say. <laughs> well, just
3: just trying to find out the truth. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, she'll
2: meet an unfortunate end. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm I'm ordering in for every meal. I'm I'm reading a lot uh, this past week. I'm still mired in court transcripts. Uh, and I probably will be mired in more transcripts of yeah. the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, otherwise just taking it easy, trying to enjoy the weather when I can, you know, living.
3: Yeah. Well, it's going to keep getting nicer as they, mm-hmm. as, they, as they always say. Really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I am super excited about our, our, uh, our first guest or no last guest today. We only have one guest. <laughs> he, uh, he, let me just read his bio. He sent his bio over to me. Uh you could catch me uh with my indie team Mick Jagger. Uh wow. I don't okay, I don't know whether their performance. Uh let's bring him on uh Ryan Simmons. Uh Ryan how are you doing, buddy? Hey, Good. how are you?
1: Man, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> it's important to to stress that. When, so McJagger was uh, a famous, world famous improv team. It was mm-hmm. uh, show, showcased on Bravo for a couple seasons, and uh, Alexis and I were on it together. And it's important to stress that it was spelled capital M C, capital J Agger. Mac- yeah, Jagger, oh, okay. Like McDonald's, but not. How does it was Mick great. Jag- it was it was hilarious. Okay, yeah.
2: For a second, I was always like, "How, did, how is Mick Jagger actually spelled?" But then I realized it's it's two names. It's yes. M-I-T-K Jagger. So right. O- yeah. right, almost got me. But right. that's cool. Did you guys do like uh, the the creek? Like, what were some of the big? We,
3: uh, we did all. We did the entire. Oh, series. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all the all those black boxes and basements across the oh, across man. the New York City. Uh, I, I think we performed in like a. Shed and Queens at some point. <laughs> I don't know.
3: Just looking at the lineup, though, we are the two least successful members of Big <laughs> Jack. Oh my
2: god! <laughs> Easily, what a, Easily. what a thing to say. The yeah. surviving members of an improv team. <laughs> yeah.
3: Ryan, how how are you, man? How you been? I'm good. What's your pandemic? Been I like? just
1: I just spent the weekend playing a, a game uh, at my parents' place. An old, ancient game called Cornhole. <laughs> I don't know if yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the white sapo.
3: <laughs> the
0: the white white sapo, sapo. Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. Pandemic's been terrible for me, like it's been for everybody. I'm exhausted. I don't know. Do you guys feel like you're just physically tired all the time? I, I uh, it's getting a little better now that it's been over a year, but mm-hmm. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm sure I'm starting to get a little burnt out. Um, yeah, starting to, starting to, yeah.
1: I get burned out and then I come around and then it's just sort of cyclical like that. Like, I don't know every, every like six to eight weeks. I'm like, well, fuck this shit. <laughs> then yeah, like, I, I still have to go to work.
2: I picked up um, some more jobs at the end of last year. And so as a result, I'm just like, you know, oh, it would be easier because I'm at home. Like, of course, I can work 70 hours a week. Right. Uh, and it's, um, you know, we're, we're we're reaching the limits of that thesis. So yeah. we'll see what yeah. happens.
3: For me, it's the heat. Whenever it gets mm. hot, I get freaking, you know, insane. I get I, I need to get out of the house. But in the winter, I'm like always happy to be at home. So.
1: Oh, sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
3: No. So last summer must have been brutal for you then. It, you had to be outside was, all the time. It was. It really was. But, you know, I thought we – it was kind of interesting, though, because in the very beginning, you're so nervous and you're just kind of like, you know, what's going to happen that you're you just kind are of not, are not thinking clearly. And I feel like now, this summer, I think people are going to go fucking insane if they don't.
1: Yeah, that seems to be the general consensus. It's just going to be everyone's going buck
3: wild. <laughs> It, it also is interesting, you know, the three of us were in uh, long-term relationships, you know, like, well, I can't speak for myself, but. Uh, <laughs> Last I heard you
1: were in a long-term relationship, if that's helpful. Okay. Unconfirmed, yes.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> but every, all, the, all the single people are doing that thing they do where they're like, it's going to be a fucking fuckhouse. You know, <laughs> right. Everybody's going to get some this summer.
1: And, I don't uh, think, I, don't, I, I do wonder how if that'll actually come to fruition. I feel like people, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of fumbling,
2: yes. you know, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think, yeah, the whole like the summer of horny thing, I think that's just good marketing. I think it's going to be as pathetic and awkward as it's always been for single people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly,
1: Nothing changes. That's why they're single. Um,
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's what it is. It's like the first person that people hook up with, like it might be like, okay, but then like once you add a second person to that rotation, then everybody's rotation starts to run into each other. Sure. And then that's when that's when the heartache happens. Right. So protect yourselves out there, folks. <laughs> Similarly, uh, or the flip side of
1: that though is everyone's just got to get their reps in. I think you got to get reps in. It's important, and just you know, it'll come. It'll come back to you.
2: 10,000 hours. That's right. That's
1: right. Yeah. The 10,000 hours. <laughs> and, we saw, and
3: we saw what happened to the pit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also don't want to stress that I am always thinking I'm hopeful for single people because couples, we get all the attention. We get all the, you know, uh, the support. And I think this, this truly, if we can, we need to support our single friend. If two, if two single friends are not hooking up, you know, just try to put point them in each other's direction. You know, just, I think that's up to us. Like dollies. Like if, <laughs> we're making a dollies kiss. kiss. Yeah.
1: <laughs> take off your mask. Take off the mask. And now You're the mask. Uh, their faces together. Mine, the faces. <laughs> that's a fantasy of yours? <laughs> yeah. Well. The police have asked you to stop on numerous cases. I don't know what else to tell you. There you go.
3: Emails legal. Emails legal. You cannot say Ryan.
2: Ryan gets the humor of the show, exposing (laughs) Alexis for his deviancy. Yes, (laughs) it's it's
3: always been easy. Now, are we allowed to talk about your your job at all, Ryan? I Uh, I hope so. That's why I'm here. (laughs) Because I did put it on the preview. You are working at uh, SB Nation, Super Bowl Nation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh it's sexy a... boy nation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: One thing do about know, I, uh, Do you know sorry, what the SB I... actually stands for? It's uh, sports broadcast? I don't know. S- sports blog. Ah. Sports blog. There you go. Sports it was that simple all along.
3: Um I, I always feel like SB Nation is ubiquitous in it um. The way I'm going to describe it is going to feel insulting. <laughs> okay.
1: Not- <laughs> what, what an auspicious start.
2: There you go.
3: It, SB Nation is ubiquitous to me in the sense that I consume its content constantly, right? Like on Twitter or it, 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 but it's the it's a it's like a shareable content where people are like, hey, you know, uh, hey, did you see this video about Eli or something like sure. that? And you like, but but uh, so then I'm like consuming it, right? But but it's the it, I never really quite. Think of myself as I'm an SB Nation like f- fan. Oh God! You know, you know what I mean. No <laughs> one, my boss is of- here. You say that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is why you asked, I guess, right, Alexis?
1: You're describing a problem that has plagued us for years. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It doesn't uh, help that. Well, I, you never know who's watching, so I feel like maybe I should be I should hold my tongue a little bit. But mm-hmm. you know when you say you want to service the community and then you, you fire some of the community's most whoa, beloved writers. Whoa.
3: Stuff. I, I, yeah. I also just uh, like moved and now I'm like blurry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, saw that. Well, I won't be able to fix that. There go of our uh, prison viewers. we
2: <laughs> in the <this> show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. You didn't, I don't see you move really that, that,
2: that much. Dramatically.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I think why maybe why your you camera just talking? gave I think maybe your camera just gave up.
2: Yeah.
1: There you go. enough of this man. guy. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. Gosh. Uh, try this, uh, try this move. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, like <laughs> pull it back. There you go. Ah, oh, it, it, it
3: works. Thank you. Thank See? you. Actually, somebody, one of our commenters just said hand, hand up in front of the camera and then, uh, and to refocus. Thank you so much. There uh, you go. There you
2: go. Look at oh, that. look. Thank you. Moss <laughs> Neotech prototype. <laughs>
3: Uh, I'm definitely going to cut this out of the podcast because it's just <laughs> no. listening to me. Yeah, you're right. I'll keep it in. I need, I need the content.
1: Um, well, glad to hear that you're such a big fan of and, uh uh Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been tough. It's been sort of like a rebuilding thing, but we're really excited about the future. Our team is like kind of a subset of that whole thing. We are at Secret Base, and so our site is a little different. We're doing like the YouTube
3: thing, trying mm-hmm. to build a little community there. So, it's been working out pretty well. I one of the series that you worked on that that I really liked it's it's the kind of like what happened to the Bulls? Like after Jordan is, is that is that the what's the name of that series? Uh so there's Untitled
1: mm. uh which is like why certain athletes never like why the greatest uh oh you're probably maybe thinking of Collapse where yeah. where it was like oh these teams were like yeah like what happened to the Bulls? Yeah, right. So they had like the, the two three peats and then Jordan uh, retired the second time and then it was like what happened? The answer to that question basically is Jerry Krause. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. But <laughs> it's a twelve minute video about Jerry Krause. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of what we do. We have all these different series that ask different questions about sports that aren't like. Who's the hottest sideline babe? because
3: <laughs> well, you don't important want important questions. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's very funny to be the the intellectual sports uh, you know website, and then have people being like, uh, uh, you know, the ten hottest uh, coaches' wives or whatever. <laughs> like yeah. Twenty million clicks. <laughs> yep. Yep. I, um, Untitled made me rewatch. This is this is really crazy because um, Untitled made me really re- rewatch old '90s basketball because you know because like I do want to know why Carl Malone didn't win a title, and I'm going to watch all his championship games. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason.
1: Old '90s basketball is something that I've sort of like gotten into just by the nature of the job, and that there are so many just cool stories from the the '90s, and it's the culture around it is very fun. The game itself is also fun because they're just more willing to like. I think that's where beef history probably gets a lot of its stories from is like that era because it's dudes who were like the rules are a little softer back then about physical contact. And so that's how you end up with like Charles Barkley and Charles Oakley, like literally slapping the shit out of each other (laughs) and in the middle of the game yeah
3: uh, or just elbowing people in the face. And, you know, I think it was Charlie Ward got flipped over by PJ Tucker in the, yeah, something like that. Um, 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 but, what, what was up with the '90s too? It's it's so funny. Like, I'm sorry, Alex. Alex is not a sports fan, but like the '90s. Oh, you weird,
1: because here's the secret: I'm not a sports fan either.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I just
1: is. do a shit ton of research. Mm-hmm.
3: In the '80s, it was just as violent at times, but for some reason, in the '90s, the beefs went like kept. Maybe it's the internet era. Maybe they were emailing each other or something because it just seemed like in the '80s they would fight and they're like, "All right, I'll see you next year." But then in the '90s, like you know. The Heat and the Knicks, uh, like uh, uh, Alonzo Mourning and, and um, Larry Johnson, would f- fought for four years straight, <laughs> like yeah. fist fighting four years straight every time they played, and i was like, what the? F-? And then and then they stopped it. They like they like they came down hard, and they're like, no more.
1: <laughs> so I think that's sort of like, I think that's <laughs> sorry to blame my industry, but I think it's the I think it's the media. I think it's that tyrannical media because I think there there used to be some really hot beefs, but they used to be like they were more under the surface like it was sort of verboten to like talk about it and like you would talk around or talk circular about it in the locker room after a game or at a press conference or whatever. Right. But like Larry Bird and Bill Lambeer, for instance, fucking hated each other. And like that was sometimes talked about like the local beat writers would talk about it. But then when you got into the 90s. It was like Oh, this shit's in People Magazine now. Like it, it, it got more pushed, and now with social media, it's like, oh, I'm literally watching it all happen in real time on my phone. You know, uh, which is
3: super exciting. That's so, a great point. Yeah, and it's no, a great also new s- era for beef. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, we we learned that from improv. So <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> the end of any conversation. <laughs> But all sports, though they they really don't like fighting, uh, and uh, they're very afraid of it. I, um, they, you know, there's still, I guess, in baseball, the people will come up and like there's hockey fights still, but basketball, especially, they were just like they really wanted to get the fear of the you know thug sure. culture or whatever you want to call it like they're like they're to get it to like to, so they're like if you leave the bench you're off the team you know
1: oh i definitely think there was like it's interesting you say thug culture because i do think there was a racist component to it and i think malice in the palace also had like a big thing that was the big fight uh with i think who was it? detroit and indiana yeah right right um, which is actually, if you go back, we have a uh, an episode on it, I think, um, and it's horrifying. It's this just super violent fight that just transpires on live television between yeah. the players on the court and the fans,
3: Yeah. and it's that's awful. the one with
2: the uh, the cup being thrown, right? That's yeah. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. So that. basically,
3: um, what 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 happened was uh, Ron Artest, right? The, the 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 Pacers were blowing out the Pistons, and they were going to probably be Eastern. Uh, Champion Eastern Conference champions, right? Uh, it, uh, you know they're probably face off there, but there was a regular season. The Pacers are blowing them out, and the Pacers were an unbe- unbelievable team. And the, the Pistons were pretty good, but they're not as good as the Pacers that year. And uh, Ben Wallace of the Pistons gets really gets in a big fight with Artest on the court, and uh lays down on the lays down on the scores table, the scores yeah. table. All right? And this is in Detroit, and the fans are you know it's like a thirty point <laughs> blowout. So some guy throws a drink at Artest. Our Artest our um jumps into the crowd, grabs the wrong guy. Grabs the wrong guy. Yeah. Yeah. And grabs him by the shirt. Doesn't hit him. Doesn't hit him. Grabs him by the shirt and says, Did you throw this at me? And look, it's a threatening you know thing to happen. <laughs>
1: yeah. Then
3: um his teammate Steven Jackson uh decides to jump into the crowd as well and punch everybody <laughs> in the face
1: <laughs> yeah uh
3: yeah he really is not uh discriminatory
1: about who he's punching in the face <laughs> when he hops in there so uh, yeah, solid
2: so tactical p- move yes punching everyone in the right
3: face. So basically, exactly. basically our test was kind of getting surround like you know it's the it, it was boiling and then all of a sudden you know basically it was pandemonium and then fans came onto the to court and it was like
1: and uh, all of this happens in less than four seconds yeah yeah like the inciting incident happens like that and you're like what the fuck is happening right now Mm -hmm. and it's just and then when you're like oh my god this i've never seen anything like this in a professional sports game this is crazy just when you think that it gets worse (laughs) like i don't know how but
3: don't forget the bruins fucking climbed into madison square garden seats once uh, in the 80s or 90s something like that oh right
1: yeah. yeah And they had um, skates. Hey, why is everyone mad right now that baseball is fun? I don't like <laughs> baseball, but I feel like every time I I'm on Twitter or whatever, someone's getting upset because like a guy hits a grand slam and yeah. like sticks his tongue out, and everyone's like, "You can't do that in baseball." <laughs>
3: and I'm like, this "I think is- that yeah." Uh, it, well, the problem the problem is that uh, in in the it kind of happens like where people the people who are pro bat swinging or whatever, they kind of have control the the echo chamber. And then you get like some old curmudgeon, whatever, who's just like, you know, I hate that shit or whatever. Stop showing. Yeah. And then they all retweeted and they kind of like, you know, it's kind of like liberals to Trump in a it sense. Just, uh,
1: if, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it feels like a non-issue sometimes. Um, the, the cranks are always these guys that like wrote like, seven sports books uh and stopped in like 1982 and they're like yeah. 400 years old <laughs> and, like and
3: they still vote in the, the hall of fame <laughs> and stuff like it's
1: crazy these are like uh, the dudes that write the headlines for like the daily those punny mm-hmm. the headlines for like the tabloids and shit
3: it's just yeah, baseball. constantly smoking baseball has a lot of uh, respect like clauses that are not spoken and also the veterans in the game who are kind of getting aged out anyway they also don't like it they don't like when pictures get showed up and you know shit like that so uh yeah that's all who cares it's crazy
2: <laughs>
3: i just <laughs> feel like
1: baseball kind of is on life support right now oh yeah that's how it feels oh, yeah. to me so I, I feel like you should be i don't know we need like a Billy Madison character to get in there and or a uh, Happy Gilmore <laughs> character to get in there and like Billy Madison. Really Madison that that was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Either one yeah.
3: really.
2: Even a little Nikki. It
1: yeah. <laughs> <makes laughs> it it's the
3: same character.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some Zohan, get a little Zohan action there in there when it starts dragon in the seventh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I hope our fans love sports. I'll tell you that <laughs> uh, Hey, I would be
1: more than happy to move on from sports at this point because we've basically taxed my, my knowledge of current sports. That's fine. That's, that's <laughs> that was we'll all. We'll talk it. Another, day. another day.
3: So, uh, Ryan, um, you know that I, when we were at UCB together, I was, I was quite, quite the writer, right? You could and, say that, sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I was able to spit out a monologue whenever I needed to. You're know, if she in the constantly improv-
1: were, you were doing it constantly. Spitting out a white hot monologue. You <laughs> could never get him to stop.
3: In the middle so- of other people's shows, too. Like- <laughs> so this show also brings back tra- the tradition of 25 minutes into the show, when you bring out the <laughs> guest... <laughs> Of doing a monologue, and right. I was wondering if you'd like to hear my my weekly monologue.
1: Before. Sure, I'd love to. You know what they say? You start with the B material, and then you get to the A material, <laughs> and then you wrap up with the that's C. That's right. Material. It goes B
2: A D A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> skip the C, straight to D. Skip, skip the C well, stuff.
3: Hey, <laughs> if you start for first of all, I was going to say it's like sex, but it actually should be like sex because if you start sex off with your A material and you get down to your D material, <laughs> all right, that's your last.
1: And do you okay. feel like this is sex right now? <laughs>
3: <laughs> i just saying. No, there are two guys who are upset. So, <laughs> True. Um, okay, so okay, would you like to hear my monologue? I would love to. Okay, here we go. This week's monologue. <clears throat> I read an article about re- retail stores and restaurants having a hard time hiring people. One person who worked in retail said he's going to grad school and would never return to retail because he never again wants to be harassed and verbally assaulted by customers. Now, I I get that, but I guess my main question is, why are customers allowed to harass and verbally assault employees? If your customer base is driving your employees to depression and you don't sell child coffins, (laughs) you you might want to rethink your business model. But I know what the answer is. And it's not just that employers want to pay people the minimum wage to help them get rich. You see, a year or so ago, we had a worldwide pandemic. And I think seeing thousands of people die around you has made people realize that life is short. And another thing we learned by seeing thousands of people die around us is that nobody gives a shit. <laughs> people are rethinking how they want to spend what might be the last few months of their lives. And it's not getting held up at gunpoint because the McDonald's ice cream machine is down. <laughs> so now I open it up to the panel. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Uh, I, I gotta say, look, that goddamn McDonald's ice cream machine is always down. Always yeah, down. there's never there's one that works. Yeah. Never, so
3: never gonna find it. I feel That's like i get you in the store.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe today. And if you walk in, it's like, no, but we have a new chicken sandwich. There it is.
3: All right, I'll try that. Um, but uh, uh, my question to the panel is how has the pandemic made you rethink your life? Like, how it, has it changed your life in any way? Ryan, let's start with you. I mean, you've had some major changes to your life.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it, it does. It, it's weird how it's, it's one of those things that touched everything immediately. Like I keep a journal to write down whatever dumb shit. Like my, if you think my Twitter is bad, you should read some of this. That I have right <laughs> in this thing, But I was looking, flipping through it the other day and like three days, I think, March 15th is like the generally accepted day for like when the shit really hit the fan, right? I don't know what it was about that day. It was like the first person died in, in New Rochelle or something like that, but that was the day where it was like, oh, fuck. Uh, and three days after that, I was like, I had written something down that was along the lines of like every single industry in every single way is talking about this right now. Mm-hmm. Like this time last year or a couple like maybe a month or so prior, uh, it, it was like it touched absolutely everything. So in terms of like how it, I don't know, it's, I feel like it's almost impossible to answer that question. Cause it, it feels like everything has changed. Even the stuff that doesn't feel like it has changed. If you think about it for more than a, a minute, it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like everything well, about how we work, th- all of this stuff, yeah. everything is on zoom. Now it's crazy.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a 4-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
3: What's one thing you won't do again? Like, just like one thing that you'll change about your life.
1: Um. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know, Alex. You know.
2: I mean, yeah. Whatever. We could open up to everybody else, Alex. Well, just in ter- like in terms of the thing that I'll I'll change about my life going yeah, forward. I think so. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I feel like this, in terms of like the amount of personal changes and just like general life differences that have happened. Like this is probably cl- the closest year that I can think in comparing it to my own life is the year that both my parents died. In terms mm-hmm. of just like the number of changes that happened. Uh, at once. And um, yeah, I think if anything, I've definitely become a lot more reflective uh, about myself and my life um, and the meaning of it uh, in that time. Uh, I, I, in terms of things like going forward that I'm going to continue doing, like I think for me, it's going to be more like, you know, I'm I'm going to worry less about like, oh, you know, what if things go wrong or, uh, you know, what if I lose my job tomorrow or in a year or something like the um the types of like things that would keep me up at night a year ago like don't even fucking phase me now exactly no. <laughs> like i like the the blackness of my own life is the <laughs> is the thing that keeps yeah. me up at night <laughs> 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 just the staring into
1: the abyss of it yes, all yes yes
2: exactly <laughs> yeah. staring into the abyss of it all that's that's what this year has been it's been staring into the abyss and so yeah. doing that like all the all the other bullshit the things that i cared about before like you know, oh, can I make my UCB show? You know, did I request the right props? Like, yeah, that shit. Like, I'm, yeah, that's the one thing I'm never
0: doing. <laughs> <laughs> props UCB. I'm never
2: seeking a running show at a major improv theater in New York City. <laughs> sure.
1: Well, I'm not sure there are a whole lot of them left anyway. There you
2: so go. You might
3: not have to worry about it. it makes life oh. easy for me.
2: Yeah. No, um, no, I'm sure
3: a bunch more will pop up. Yeah. yeah. It's like when Blockbuster went out of business.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. <laughs>
1: Um, the, for sure the way that I think about things has has changed. I was thinking more about like materially, but it, there are, I for sure am way more chilled out about, sh- that also probably is just smoking weed all day now instead of just <laughs> wanting to come home from the office. But uh, yeah, like what you were saying, Alex, that really hit the nail on the head. Like there are just some things now where 18 months ago I'd be like unrationally upset about it, like <laughs> probably formulating a tweet and now it's like, I don't just I so don't have the energy to care. It sucks that it took like a pandemic to, to really yeah. drill that in instead mm-hmm. of the Prozac that I was prescribed. But <laughs> I would have much rather just continue taking the pills. But
3: um, yeah, it, it, just the the going with the flow of it is 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 key. It would be interesting if like all of a sudden you wake up and it's March 14th and the psychiatrist is like, so what would you think about that experiment? So <laughs> 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 uh-
2: is it good? It God. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, uh, Alexis? Like, what's your what's your deal? You
3: know, listening to you guys, I th- I was thinking there might be something wrong with me, because all no. I can think of is I'm just gonna have way more parties. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. i okay. That's, yeah. I don't know. I just I just feel
1: you feel like, like you were not partying enough before the the pandemic. I feel
3: like you got around. I don't know. I definitely thought before the pandemic, like, oh, I've got to go to this. Thing or like oh you know like I'm not a, I don't I'm not a social person or something like that. Maybe I was, but I but now I'm like I want to be the most social person ever. Like I really really want to host people. I want to like you know make drinks and like go out and like travel and stuff. It just it just feels like somebody took the your fr- my freedom away to see sure. to, to see people and to go places. And now good luck stopping me <laughs> from doing that shit because I'm just like fuck that.
1: Uh, I do think uh, if you're anything like me, it will take one night and you'll be like, I'm ready for bed. I think I'm good. I don't ever need to leave the house again. Cause I do feel the same way. I'm like itching to like go to a party, but I know after like two and a half hours, it's like
2: oh,
3: I'm kind of tired, <laughs> I'm kind of sleepy. See ya. See you in another year and a half. But, but you know what's, but but the the difference also is in in, in a weird way. I think, I think when I would go to like a party and it's like, all right, I'll go and I'll get like drunk or hammered or something like that. And that'll be like how I, you know, and now I'm just kind of like, Oh, I want to go and I want to engage people. I just want to hang out and just like, just connect and, and, and things like that. And, you know, be, in a sense, it's like, we all made it to this other side of this thing. And I kind of want yeah. s- want to see everybody <clears throat> in a sense.
1: The collective, holy shit. I can't believe we all just experienced this uh thing I think that is going to like I know we were talking about like oh it's going to be a single fuck summer or whatever but <laughs> I do think there's going to still have to be some sort of collective processing of like
3: yeah oh shit what just happened yeah well what what yeah. is the toughest thing people have on dates it's like we don't know what to talk about boom you got a whole year's worth of shit what <you laughs> to do yeah, yeah to oh, do man.
1: it is i i think there are some like um there's some truth to those scenes and like, there's one in the Avengers where like a guy is like talking about trying to go on a date with someone after all the people like disappeared and, and the leftovers too, where like (laughs) there is going to be that period where you're, where you're going on. It's like, Oh, how fucked up was your life? Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about how fucked up my life was. Mm -hmm. And that's just going to have to keep happening until we all kind of Get through all those terrible dates, and then we um, can go on good dates. Again. <laughs> until the I'm, next I, horrible thing.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you reminded me that the name of that series was The Leftovers because I I, ju- I just realized now I've been referring to it as The Departed for like the last like five conversations. <laughs> oh sure, so well yeah. <laughs> just, I just it's the thing I remember is they were left. You know, I thought about people who left, not the people left over. So, yeah, so I have to go back and apologize for (laughs) this (laughs) conversation. I have nothing against uh, Martin Scorsese's remake of the uh, N.C. uh, Wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't like (laughs) the
3: leftovers? Leftovers (laughs) is unbelievable.
2: Oh, man, I don't know. For me, it's just like, you know, the whole thing is just like, oh, you know, it's not about the actual disappearance. It's the effect it had on people. I'm just like, well, if that works as a television show. I have a pitch for you. One day, uh, 5% of the uh, world's population wakes up and they have big giant cowboy hats on and it's never (laughs) explained and they can't take them off and they never, People don't talk about them and we just see the <laughs> effect that it has on people i want 5 seasons on hbo
1: <laughs> but you'd still have to include some sad stuff like oh, the, of course that would be, like those be airplanes that suddenly had all that extra weight are <laughs> yeah, definitely going down of, course, right of now. course
2: there there'll be bad things that happen i mean like there's, there'll be consequences for sure like sad. we'll see Somebody those driving you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on oh, like, no, no, like, the highway Oh god, not big for me <laughs> <laughs> exactly some people have to go like leave their families because the hats just make it too disruptive (laughs) exactly yeah so you know there you know there's there's a okay so there's a viable market for is what you're saying thank you
3: for sure yeah i'm going
2: to fire my agent on monday
3: well i'll tell you what i i won't be watching the leftovers now i mean that was a pre-pandemic show uh so now let's get into the news uh, our our fans they they this is a news show they want they, they want to be kept abreast sure. of and again most of our our fans are in a Saudi jail and this <laughs> podcast is played as punishment
2: so and jail is a very generous term for what yeah. I'm yes.
3: <laughs> Yeah oh that's true also yeah what i've heard is many of these people have not committed any crimes <laughs> right <laughs> Um, I, I guess our top story is uh, last night, e, uh, Elon, Elon Musk from South Africa uh, hosted uh, SNL. <laughs> nice. Good Alex, job. do you have a little breakdown of that? Happening? I did. I
2: did. I actually, so believe it or not, this is actually one of the first episodes of Saturday Night Live that I watched live in the last uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of interesting. We are talking about people getting together to do things again. And uh, this was the thing that I did last night. And I was the first person to leave after the show ended. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'm, it's kind of late. I'm going to be getting home. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So they, they, there was a lot of hype for it. There's a lot of weird controversy, too. It seemed like, I don't know how, what, how your guys' uh, timelines were, but it just seemed like there were so many people who were, like, genuinely upset about the fact that Elon Musk was going to host. Yeah. And I watched it, and he was, like, bad. And so... <laughs> He, like, it definitely was not the kind of thing where it just like, oh, it legitimized him, you know, like it did with Trump or something like that. If, if anything, it just felt more just like, oh, it's just like, it's weird that they got someone who is like, not an actor, uh, who has like very much the op- like sense of timing, like delivery, character choices and everything else. Everything was just so off. Yeah. And if anything I think a lot of people were just tuning in to see if he talked about uh, Dogecoin which he did and it proceeded to crash like 30%. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, even before they had mentioned Dogecoin. I have, had glanc- I also watched it last night and I had glanced on on Twitter and it basically started from the moment he stepped out on stage which is pretty <laughs> wild to be. That's
2: really funny.
3: Yeah. Well, people were holding so if people don't know Dogecoin is is a online cryptocurrency and and basically it had it it was like a penny a month ago and then it went up to like 19 cents and then 26 cents. And then, so some people made, were very rich and then other people were like, like, it's like the California gold rush where people were like, Oh, I'm going to try to bla- follow your trail. And, and um, so it was kind of going up and down. And then when he was announced as the, um, the host, and he was a big proponent of Dogecoin, the it started going up, and people were saying, Oh, it's going to be a dollar. When he's on, you know, which is ridiculous. Right, right. It's not like people are going to like watch SNL and then like sign up for Dogecoin. Like he said so. Yeah. Right. So basically it went down. I actually was watching it. I don't have Dogecoin, but I was watching it on my app. And it it, it was, I never had seen this before. It went like it had stayed around 60s and, you know, it was kind of going, dipping down, dipping down. And I think people were like, oh, if it goes down to 61, I'll sell or something like that. And then it literally teleported. Not even dipped. It teleported <laughs> to forty-nine cents, <laughs> bang! And I was like laughing because I was like, "It had been ab- above fifty for a few weeks or whatever." Yeah, that's right. A lot of people lost money. <laughs> yeah, if they panicked. So, uh, yeah.
1: That's wild. That the whole episode felt very, uh, very strange to me. Like mm. uh, it was sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think that it was going to be. I think it was pretty universally accepted as being like a bad show, Uh, except for weekend update. I thought that segment was, was pretty strong last night. I haven't watched the show in forever, but uh, it was just weird that they would pick someone this bad at it and this famous. And so, you know, that they probably had like incredible ratings last night and what those people saw for the first time Mm. in a long time was, was this product. And I'm just like, how could that have possibly have been worth it? It seems backwards.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, that, well, you know, you kind of mentioned legit, legitimizing. And I think that there is a big fight in, you know, the Twitter sphere, or whatever of who gets to be on comedy shows. Like, you know, sure. what does comedy, what does comedy shows do for them? And it kind of goes back to a big, a big moment was when Trump was on Fallon and people were like comedy, which is our science, our magic was used evilly to dark magic to, to, sure, to, right. to protect Fallon or whatever, but the truth is and i and I think there are people who are like we never want to do that again we never want to legitimize some use our, our craft of comedy to legitimize some somebody like Trump again but the truth is that is never going back in the bottle okay these shows will forever and you know they're not because again Trump musk they're very popular figures okay and maybe now trump won't be able to be on these kinds of shows anymore because of other reasons but they will continue to look for popular people regardless of their political status if they can get eyes onto the show all right that fallon episode is probably very highly rated it was talked about forever and now this this elon musk episode was the third highest rated episode of the year or something like that right really Uh,
1: i didn't see it but
3: yeah, yeah i believe it So I think that what you know, people need to kind of grow up about the entertainment industry, and and, in the sense that everybody in the entertainment industry is like battling to get eyes, eyeballs on, because they're fighting a thousand different, you know, like YouTube and there's like TikTok and shit like (laughs) that. Yeah, going to sleep at eleven fifteen. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I I just think that when, when the idea of putting Musk on, I was like, well, he's very popular. The people that that he that would want to watch him will watch SNL you know sure yeah so, so it's gonna happen yeah you know? yeah. yeah I have a think... feel oh, oh sorry go, for go ahead Alex. No, please please Ryan mm-hmm.
1: uh I was not like as upset I think as other people were because it was like yeah of course a corporation's gonna corporate like that's <laughs> that's just sort of like what you said Alexis it's the same deal but For this guy in particular, I I feel like he and Trump are sort of like the two outliers, because I'm sure there are other celebrities that they have host these shows or go on these shows that are like also pieces of shit. Um, And a lot of them are and have been talked about as being pieces of shit. But like Elon Musk, in particular, being the until very recently, the richest person on the planet during a pan, like just the fact that he exists in that space during a global crisis is like his very existence is a, is a moral failing Mm -hmm. (laughs) on his part and like us as a society. And so I just feel like there were so many other, like there's so many other people that you could desperately put on your show (laughs) to like get eyeballs that don't have to be the literal richest man on the planet um, but, and but it, isn't
3: that genius though? Isn't it genius in a sense like it, it to me? It's art. sure. So it was Lex Luther was literally an evil genius, but like no. he's, he had no, some no, good no. ideas. <laughs> <laughs> taking a show that is a a a major part of our 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 cultural cachet and yeah. making and taking the second richest man in the world while people are starving and making him the 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 com- the comedian. Of oh, the for night, sure. There was something. It was like watching. Like it was, it's like somebody wrote a movie about this and And it's like, this would never happen in real life.
1: I think to your point, there was also like a second level of absurdity watching that last night because he was so bad that I almost started to think like Jesus Christ. Was this like an emperor's new clothes thing where they were like, look, this guy's a huge nerd. He sucks, but he would love this. If we asked him to do it, he would do it. And we know he would be fucking terrible. So let's just have him on. Let's like show the world how much this guy sucks by like
0: <laughs> handing <laughs> him enough rope lot. to
1: hang himself on live television. Yeah, <laughs> like that is I think more genius to me, and I
3: honestly don't know if that. I don't think <laughs> like, I honestly don't think that happened. I think that people are very forgiving of a guy who's not an actor. You know, being honest, yes. and Even sure. and that was my thing too. Watching
2: it, like it definitely wasn't funny, but it felt like inter- it was entertaining. If that oh, makes yes. sense, yes. like it was, it was just kind of like, oh, how bad is this going to go? Like from the first sketch, like up until like, you know, the, what was it? The Wario on trial thing or whatever. Oh yeah.
1: That was particularly interesting. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Cause I was just like, who's like, is this aimed at like Nintendo fans? Like you were going to be like, oh, there's a big Wario on this fucking show. Um, yeah. Like I feel, I feel like SNL in general is just kind of grotesque in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, so, you know, this was sort of like, yeah, it's the, you know, like you said, corporations are going to corporate. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, a show that size cannot, like, inherently has to have some sort of, like, you have to consider it in, like, a political space because it just when that many people when you have the richest man on the planet on your show and that many people watch it like you can't escape it from that conversation or you can't get you can't get it out of that conversation you can't separate those two things so
2: oh yeah man yeah they built uh, palaces during the black death so yep I get it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep
3: Def, definitely kind of cracks me up that SNL was started by a 30 year old guy you know uh, Lauren was 30 when oh I was yeah at SNL. and basically they're just like you can do anything you want and and the, the, the look I, I, I think that the issue is that any corporation, whatever they did before they they standardize it right but they sure. do things they do things where you're kind of like oh like we'll read off the cue cards because we don't have time. To learn the lines or whatever and then and then to be always like no now we will always read off cue cards or like, why'd, they, why'd they standardize that why'd they yeah. standardize all this well, they,
2: and they still do the thing too where they burn 30 percent of the show like an hour and a half before <laughs> before they run the final one right. so <laughs> right. it's kind of like there's lots of weird practices that they kept for you know for tradi- the same tradition i guess i don't know yeah
1: the, the whole apparatus is is Lo- strange in the in the most lovely and American way. <laughs> it's Just absolutely perplexing. And a Canadian
2: came up with it all. Yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe this is
1: all a false flag operation. Let's <laughs> slowly not infiltrate American culture. That's Let's right, forget
3: the entire by. '90s was in '80 early '80s and late ni- early 90, late '80s and early '90s was written by conservatives. Right. Like, the entire, <laughs> <laughs> like every day I heard like just like a, like oh I used to love Rod Schneider I'm like oh he's a Mega guy oh, yeah <laughs> yeah um so anyway it's not a coincidence a, if you want to know how, what, uh, the question are conservatives funny watch early 90s snl and comedy central <laughs> at 5 p.m
2: once upon a time <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right so uh speaking of single all right there's a few single gals out there but uh i would say the bell of the ball is a little young lady named Melinda French. Oh no, <laughs> knee, knee, uh, oh, knee, knee French. Uh, uh, formerly Melinda Gates, and uh, she is back on the market, folks. My gosh, Alex, what what's going on? Well, first, well, first of all, do you pronounce N E E as knee? <laughs>
2: I think the Fre- it's a French word. It's pronounced. I think it's "nay," actually.
3: And, I'm blurry, <laughs> and, not right? and now am And now the camera's giving up again.
2: But it's just like, oh my god, this guy. There, there you go. go. <laughs> he came back. Yeah. Uh, what's going? Linda's about to get her groove back. Uh, her <laughs> and Bill are uh, are getting divorced uh, after a long marriage. This is. I don't know. It's it's very interesting. Like this is a discussion that sort of uh, engulfed uh, our group chat earlier this week this question of why do people who are obscenely wealthy um, who, who wouldn't necessarily have to endure the consequences of divorce in any of their, their everyday lives? Like, why are they going through the procedure?
3: Yeah. And we don't have an answer. <laughs>
2: but, uh, <so. laughs> well, I mean, we talk, The one we discussed, it was, it's probably more like liability and like tax stuff, if anything, like if you, if you're, if you have a, an apparatus to like, you know, figure out what happens if you die unexpectedly, like you're going to take the time to like, you know, separate your assets out and go your own way.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, so a couple of, th- a couple of things have come to light about uh, this uh, divorce. Uh, let's discuss it one by one. Number one, imagine getting married and presenting your uh, wife with a contract, where is like every summer, I will go to a beach house with my ex-girlfriend. My God. Wait, is that true? Oh, I actually yeah. don't know
1: any of the details of the divorce other than that. It happened.
3: Alex, you probably wrote the, wrote the contract up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the articles behind the paywall. Yes.
3: <laughs> um, apparently it, they had an the agreement. I see, but this is funny. Cause like, where was he, maybe I'm so naive, but like when he says summer with go to the summer house with my ex-girlfriend, does that include sex?
1: Yeah, I'm confused. So he had when they got married, when they like as a prenuptial agreement that he was going to go summer with his ex girlfriend. Who is well, this ex girlfriend? It, it
2: wasn't technically. They don't technically have a prenup like that. That's the thing that actually came up in this uh, in this discussion. But yeah, the, they they had an understanding that he would be allowed to. You know, spent what was it like a week and a year or something like yeah, that it's like, with yeah,
3: his in this, with
2: yeah. his ex, and so of course that's that's not legally enforceable. But I guess it's more like it's more that like you put it down so that way both parties have no um,
3: what is it? <laughs> there's there's no misunderstandings. She sure. can't she can't bring it up in the in a future divorce hearing or whatever. But that's I think cr- that did he say. Did he say why? Like,
1: w- was he like, oh, we witnessed a murder and every once a year we have to get together and get our story straight. <laughs> there's,
2: there's a devil that lives underneath the summer house. And every, yeah. <laughs> she holds every- the other
1: side of this amulet. <laughs> and once, uh, once, the, the, when the moon strikes, we have to hold it up or the universe will totally right. fall apart. Honestly, yeah.
3: what if it's just st- straight up? Well, she's the one who gives head. that's why why i put that
2: on paper yeah i mean I don't know you know franklin uh, roosevelt like he had a similar agreement he never wrote it down but uh you know that's what he did every year so but
3: again the the obsession though that i'm i have is again what for what like to chat like you can call her on the phone
1: yeah it's I, i feel like if it wasn't specified or even if it was there had to have been a sexual component that's God. so strange otherwise. It's,
2: but the weird thing is that also like you're also making this contract with this like other person too, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you yeah, have like to hang out with me. <laughs> me. I
1: you will understand what I went through with my wife to get this weekend for us. You have to be there. You
2: are a third party beneficiary to this contract. There's God. paperwork. So get in the car, we're going to the Berkshires. Oh my
3: imagine <laughs> if he's just like she's she's like, Hey Bill, um I wanna let's make a rule. Uh no shoes in the house and he's like, Okay, that's fine. I also have a rule. (laughs) And I'd like to, you know, I'm totally down with the no shoes in the house. thing. That's totally fine. I, you know, that's fine.
1: I know your love language is receiving gifts. My love language (laughs) is being allowed to go once a weekend with my (laughs) ex-girlfriend to an undisclosed location as legally bound by this contract. No questions
3: asked. The the, the location is disclosed. In fact. Oh, where? It's a specific summer house that he that they're going to go to together.
1: that's even weirder not only do i want to take a weekend with my girlfriend once a summer i want you to know exactly where it's going down
2: <laughs> it's Ooh, right
1: into, here's the address
2: oh my god What if this person di- what if this person died it would be my question like would he be allowed to like name a
1: there's that's, a line I, of succession, perhaps, that's yeah, all exactly. also laid out in an
2: attendum. That's right. The speaker of the house uh, <laughs> steps up in the event of
3: It might actually be the speaker of the
2: house. Uh, <laughs> the next oh yeah. What's yeah, it's just so weird. Your ex-girlfriend too. It's such a strange thing. You though I don't know, tech people are kind of like strange. My without spilling too much gossip, my sister dated a guy who had uh, you know sold a company to uh, to Google, sold another company to Yahoo like back in the day. And he sort of had a similar thing with his ex-wife, where once a year, you know, there was this agreement that they would go to a place together and just like hang out for a week. <laughs> is they, this is? is not this is they, 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 my sister and this guy only dated for like six months to a year, but this was like a, uh, a sticking point was how close he was to his uh, his ex-wife who had cheated on him. And so it was just like it was like a very strange thing that sounded super weird to me. And my sister like sort of tried to play off as like a little bit normal. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like Alex? maybe it's like it, it could be a tech. It could be just like a tech, like you know, yeah. a tech near Silicon Valley. Like yes. you know, uh, there's no sex, only like understanding. If
3: um, if summer, uh, <laughs> I get
1: <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> God, and the second, so I we can talk about that forever. but I just want to move on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. The second part was she t- told Bill to stop hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein twenty years ago. Well, that's fair. He <laughs> I mean, did listen to her.
2: That's really. I mean, that's, that's a good point. That you know, why not bring that up? Like when Jeffrey Epstein was alive.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. I also can't. I also that also is like uh, ringing some bells about like this divorce only just got publicized, and I think right. was probably
2: a long. A In long words, time coming. Right. Yeah. It's one thing that you hung out with Jeffrey. You have to put flowers on his grave. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's where he met his ex-girlfriend. Oh my god. Uh, uh. I the, the funny thing about Jeffrey Epstein, I did a little digging out with Jeffrey because every now and then I'm just like, Who the fuck was this guy? He had like obviously the sex plane and stuff like that. But like what did people claim he did? You know, because you're not gonna just be like, Oh, that's Jeff, the sex plane guy. Like you're gonna be like, Oh, he's a financier. But like basically he became famous because he was a consultant for a ponzi scheme right and it was a very big ponzi scheme and he quit so they were like oh you can't charge you because you quit and then they were like oh you're a big consultant and like this is like the only industry like banking and shit like that where you can just like be like yeah i worked for a ponzi scheme oh great so you know the
2: cool you know how it works (laughs) and you didn't get caught so it means you're smart
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh god That's, that's sick and finally the other the other uh bill gates thing and I, I don't know maybe this is part of it maybe this is my own fantasy but like he said that he didn't believe in sharing the ip for the vaccines and like then i looked up and she and her big thing is vaccine freedom mm-hmm.
1: oh, so I I, if that I was when that quotation came out if that also perhaps had something to do with it but that would be wild to be like you have to give the world's this vaccine or I'll leave you. And he was like,
2: no. <laughs> but wait, so does he own, does Microsoft own the patents or something? Like where does it, it just from his foundation, like putting money in, like.
3: Or- yeah, well, his, his, so his foundation does like uh, do a lot of vaccine stuff. And, but I feel like he must be either an influence, a major influence or on the board of, of several of these companies and things like that. So and I feel like he was very against it because he said, I mean, I, it's stupid, but I made this little chart because he's like, oh, you know, in poor countries, they make ma- medicine so cheaply that that's the reason why you can buy it so cheaply. And it's like, well, in America, they make it so expensive. You also die. Right. <laughs> you know, So right. what's the fucking difference. Um, but, yeah, she, her big thing is like vaccinating Africa and things like that and whatever it is they do. And and, and then it was, there was a divorce statement came almost right after he came yeah. out against the timing was very strange.
2: Yeah. Interesting.
1: Hmm. I feel like there's also an unsaid fourth reason. And that reason is just billionaires are fucking weird <laughs> and you cannot live with them under any circumstances. I think you just hit a certain amount of money and it, it like changes your
3: brain chemicals. I just, I, you know, I, I just find it very strange that, and you know, people, I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm going to I'm going to uh, preface this by saying like, I'm not a bigamist. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you're listening, federal investigators, sniff <laughs> around somewhere else, okay? It's just very weird that like they have to get a divorce, right? Isn't that weird? Like what is it? What's the you know? And again, probably the, the issue is that they want to start a foundation. He she wants to maybe start a foundation, she doesn't want him to be involved, and like, you know, as once you're married, you know, things are like they kind of commingle and you know, so I'm I'm sure that that's part of it. But it's so weird that this this day and age. People need to like still like, oh, we have to get married and, and like sign these documents and then get a divorce. You know what? It's like it's just a lot of paperwork stuff that just seems it's too much outdated red tape for you. Yeah. It just seems outdated that like people need this stuff. Like maybe in the, you know, when women didn't have rights, like marriage made sense because like if you kick them out of the street, now they have a, a couple more rights. sometimes so it just it just feels weird
2: this is Alexis's way of asking for an open relationship
3: (laughs) everybody says that I look I'm yeah I'm are ready, you i'm ready to never have sex again okay
1: <laughs> this does feel like maybe a a dress rehearsal for a conversation you're planning on having later <laughs> he's having in <it> 15 minutes <laughs> your partner
3: um aaron um so aaron? i have this summer house and um, <laughs> oh no no it's actually my thing it'll be like i don't i can't afford a summer house so my ex will be coming here or... <laughs>
1: I, I need you to go somewhere yeah. else for a weekend
3: mm-hmm. so yeah but but again, I also it, it's funny because I also believe that commitment and 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 uh, you know it sounds so corny, but like monogamy, like there's there's a lot of reasons why that shit makes sense, and like a lot of reasons why it makes you like helps you and makes you a better person and stuff like that. But like it, it's just very funny that people are like, I'm gonna get married, then I'm gonna get divorced, and now it's gonna cost us a lot of money, and a lot of people are gonna get make money off of of those two things or whatever. <laughs> what what like why? I don't know. One of the ah. mysteries of the universe. There you go, man. <laughs> So no no offense to the, you know, married people and whatever. Um, So the other uh, news story finally, and look, I think we're the right team to talk about this. Three men. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, the uh, birth rate in the United States has fallen whatever to like its lowest ever. Is that what, is that what it is? Alex? Yeah. It's, I think I did pick a ba- story.
2: Yeah. Basically since they started uh, measuring it, they say it's the lowest yet. And they say a lot of it has to do with the um, sort of the amount of uh, economic volatility happening uh, in the United States. And then, you know, also just, you know, it follows the patterns of a lot of other developed countries where, once you reach a certain standard of living, your birth rate falls precipitously. It's happened in Japan. It's happened in Europe. <laughs> we have a comment We Got a, here. a nice comment. In positive uh, in positive here. <laughs> There you go. So, I'm, I'm excited to announce that the birth rate in my house remains zero. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, I well, I want to go on this rant here. Yeah, there's there's like a couple of things that about this birth rate stuff that always drives me crazy. And basically, we the um, we have people who, who blame the lack of uh, the lower birth rate on whatever, on like women's lib and like feminism and things like that. Like women are not blah, 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 or whatever. Um, and these same people who are like, there seem to be obsessed. They're obsessed with people having babies. are like, you've got to have babies. We've got to protect our culture. You got to have babies. It's like, they refuse to budge on anything that would make that easy. Mm-hmm. Anything like daycare, uh, you know, uh, uh, making making sure that uh, the your, the the price of your house is commensurate with your salary. Uh, the fact that like people don't have extra rooms. Like if you have a kid, you you can you can like the amount of rooms you can afford is inverse the relationship of how many kids you have. Like if you have five kids, you can only afford a one bedroom apartment because of all your expenses. Right. If you have no kids, you can afford like five bedrooms. It's like fucking crazy. Like and, and again. Yeah, it would take planning, which is socialism, but they don't want to hear that. All they want to hear is why don't we make birth control? Like, let's put birth control uh, up high on the shelf. <laughs> you know, that's the answer to this. Drives me fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, it's particularly strange because it's gone from sort of a lack of creativity in our government to just a lack of really any caring about hu- humanity at all. But then turning around and being like, you know, I, I feel like. My history is a little shaky, but I feel like American government for a little while was like obviously imperfect, but was you know it it feels like it has ground to more of a halt than it's ever been, and I feel like it is because of that. Like the disconnect there has gotten like you know walking outside without a raincoat and being like, "Why am I fucking soaked right now?" It's like okay, (laughs) I don't know. Give give. I got to do something.
2: I got to do something about this weather, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Like help people and then they'll have babies (laughs) it's really not that you know
2: yeah i think i think yeah generally it's just that the condition you know if you're a young person or a person of uh child rearing age and you look at the equation um and you're concerned about your ability to like pay for your own food uh to like if you're still paying off your own education debts And you start thinking about that for like another person, and then like a lifetime of that, it's like, uh, fuck that. Next, yeah, sure, (laughs) not gonna happen. I'll just stick to the dog, you know, because the dog will die in ten years, and I'll be free. (laughs) (laughs) And you can say it right in front of him without a problem. With kids using, no upset. Not not even, yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. No psychiatrist. No (laughs) uh, mood altering drugs. You know, she just exists in a a state of pleasant um, obliviousness, and it's fine. We're all fine for it.
3: Everything is is been calculated to the to the scent of what people can afford, and obviously way over. And it's just crazy to me that like you know people used to buy houses in the eighties. For example, my parents bought a house in uh, nineteen eighty three for sixty grand or something like that, maybe even less. And then they sold it for like half a million or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't think that's going to happen ever again. Like people are not going to be able to buy a house that like, they're like, Oh, I can afford this with everything like that's and raise a kid. Like they're, especially in New York city or stuff like that, where the jobs are, they're not going <laughs> to be able to do that anymore. Uh, they're going to have to get an apartment and they'll always be at risk. You
1: know? Yeah. It's, it, the squeeze, the squeeze feels tighter than it has ever felt. And I know that's, you know, for some marginalized communities, it's always been that way. But like, it does feel like the against all odds, the clench has increased ever that so much more. And it's like, the clock is ticking, man. It really does feel like the clock is ticking. Anyway, I'm really glad we ended the show on a great note. Thanks
2: so much for having me. There Uh, we go. Our our (laughs) seeds will be struck from the earth. Yes.
3: The... A lot of companies also seem to only be able to survive on child uh, with childless people, and I'm not sh- quite sure exactly what, the, what what it what it is, but they're just basically it's like every company now it's like we're on the brink. We need you to be available on the weekends, and you can never leave to, to pick up your kid, and you know we we need you to like. Think about this at seven PM and not be raising your kid. You know what I mean? Like it just a lot of companies seem to just be like we're we're startup, you know, like and you don't like you're the perfect worker because you don't have kids or and and that's like that's our economy or like we're just the startup economy.
1: Yeah, (laughs) no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, sometimes companies they look at these things like childcare or or time off for 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 new parents as like this exorbitant expense, and it's like you are you are. Being able to expand and diversify your workforce by allowing parents to work for you and giving them some fucking relief to have a baby rather than just totally discounting them all together and being like, oh, we exclusively hired like 26 year olds with no experience, but they don't have kids. So they work like Mm -hmm. a robot. No, that's like it. That's again, one of those like antithetical things that like you're shooting yourself in the foot because you can't just
3: treat your workforce like human beings. Well, yeah. this is the shit that makes me think like, you know what? We're going to need communism in like five years. And, oh, no, and I, I know it sounds silly, <laughs> but it yeah. we can't have every, like a hundreds of thousands of independent companies digging all us down into nothing, you know what I mean? Right. Like, at a certain point, we're going to need some central fucking planning and we're going to need me with a fucking whip. Alright. Oh, <laughs> is that as a, oh a, a Alright,
2: Alexis, do you really think you have the upper body to crack a whip? Really? <laughs> Those things are hard. Yeah, they're Alex like, has a great point. Those things are
3: <laughs> very difficult to wield. It will be symbolic, all right. It'll just be <laughs>
1: so
2: right. you'll just hold it. You'll hold it for emphasis but never actually crack it. <laughs> Wasn't that Xena's thing? <laughs> yeah Zena the Warrior Prince? She had that like, little circular like Almost oh, like a boomerang what, thing that she threw. Yeah, I forget. The, I have to look it up after this. Get but. your
3: Xena right. Oh, okay. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, I, I I, think at a certain point, we're going to need that because I, every, everybody wants it. Everybody seems to want it. They're like, how can the government, you know, let this happen or whatever? It's like you hear from conservatives too. And you're like, well, there's a solution to that. His name is a little bit, rhymes with now, and we need a Mal. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Uh yeah so anyway great to end it on that uh, yeah <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan uh, you are um you work at SB Nation yep uh, you are the secret base specifically yeah. you're like the the director like I am the senior know? director of video senior video okay. director yeah and uh, what what's uh, something your what's a video that's coming out soon or you want uh,
1: uh, to oh oh uh, we I am not attached to this project at all but i would love to talk about it you uh you're a a a member of uh the old nick's blog um the posting and toasting community
3: yes i was a posting and toasting guy yeah
1: and uh seth rosenthal this is not nix related but he was running that blog for a long time and he's working on uh, this three-part uh rewinder on the entire franchise of the cleveland cavaliers and it's uh-huh. really, really good. I've gotten to see the first two parts. I think we're working on the third part now.
3: And it's like when they uh, in the when they lost the Bulls,
1: that that team, like the night, the, the, the whole nineties? entire franchise
3: uh-huh. from the
1: beginning all the way up to
3: LeBron and and beyond. Yeah, um, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, it's like it's you're gonna get some iconic. That's one of the most iconic uh, videos of like Jordan shooting it over. God, I'm gonna. I forgot I I forget his name. Just oh, the shot. Guy.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think that's that, one of my favorite series because the 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 premise is really simple. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, remember that incredible thing? Here's the story that led up to it and like all of the weird things that had to fall into place for it to
3: happen. And then we show it and then we're out.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It's oh. great. That's great. So, yeah, I can't, I can't wait to check it out. And, yeah. and again, look, folks, you know, I know I, I probably shouldn't have said what I said earlier. You could check out the site, SB Nation. <laughs> you don't have to wait for people to share it to you. You can just go <laughs> yeah, right yeah, to the can, source.
1: Can, You can be an active participant in consuming our content. Don't listen to
3: to Alexis at all. And hey, you know what? If God willing, ESPN just buys them out and just uses their... Oh, (laughs)
1: hey, man. (laughs) I don't want to get in too much trouble, but your mouth to God's ears, you know? (laughs) Uh, no, great. it's okay. And, uh, our, our, actually, Vox is doing uh, a really good job of like supporting us right now, and we're getting some new hires and stuff, so we're going to be able to make a, a shit ton more stuff. And
3: yeah, Friend of the show, Vox. You know, we've got some friends, really got cool. some friends here. We've um, had some Vox folks on? Oh, yeah. Ann Clark and Vulture. Oh, right. Uh, Ann's yeah, and
1: a, a co-worker now that we have merged. Mm-hmm.
3: So You can't date. So just, <laughs> Legally, uh, we can't, no. Yeah. Well, no. Just, I'd kill you. But, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> So uh, cool, guys! Check out SB Nation. Check out uh, Secret Base. And uh, Alex, as we as we end every episode, we end with a final thought from our uh, recently uh, le- left, but now has returned, a prodigal uh, warrior, <laughs> uh, Alex Estrada. Alex, what is your was your final thought? You?
2: My final thought for for today. Well, I was trying to think of a, a nice um, segment to pitch SB Nation <laughs> since we have Ryan here, wow. and I thought it would be uh, fun to do uh, an entitled but for improvisers. Uh, have you heard of Alexis Pereira? Okay. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then you're like everybody else. <laughs>
3: <Yep>. <laughs> There's a difference of like people hearing about you because they hear about the stories, and then also, <laughs> right? You yeah. Know, people hearing about you because they there hear you about your. Oh, you mean father.
2: that guy on the posters in the bathroom?